Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan. Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctors are in. Here are your hosts, Dr. Dan and Dr. Denise. And we're happy to welcome you to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. And in case you're wondering who that is, that's for those who are in the second half of life, 50 plus. And uh, the boomers are those of us born between 1946 and 1964. And anybody older than that, we just refer to them as beyonders. We don't call them old. We just say they're beyonders. Today, we're going to be talking about a very, very fascinating subject and something that is the most important factor contributing to our overall happiness and quality of life, and that is the brain. Yeah, your brain. And it is amazing to me how much power we actually have to make a difference in how we think and how we feel. And it has an amazing impact on everything in our life, our relationships, our sense of uh, purpose, our calling, our happiness, all of that is impacted by what's going on in our brain. And uh, we have a very special guest in the studio today, and I'll introduce him in just a moment. moment. Uh, but here's the topic that uh, we're going to be talking around today. It is this. Everything we want in life at this stage starts with the brain. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan, who, and I need to remind our listeners of this, is, has a Doctor of Psychology degree and is currently uh, thriving in her private practice. And the name of that is Square Peg Psychological. And that tells a little bit about her and her clients. I like that. And um, she works at helping people make significant changes. And I'm telling you that when Brad, and who is our guest I'll introduce in a minute, when uh, he and Denise get going, uh, is very, uh, very professional, very high level, and I'm just trying to keep up and understand what they're saying here. So, uh, Denise, good to see you again. Hi, Dan. I'm so excited to be here today with um, with our guest, and I just think we're going to have a really good time. Well, would you do me a favor as we have this dialogue, you and Brad? Would you uh, try to discuss it in such a way that even I can understand it? You're so funny. This subject is actually quite understandable by anybody. Right. And I think that um, brain coach Brad is going to do a fantastic job doing exactly that. He works with all kinds of folks and is in the position of having to translate some pretty high-level academic stuff, exactly. scientific stuff, into a form that we can all use. So I am quite confident that that's going to happen for oh, our good. listeners today. All right. So Brain Coach Brad, his actual name is Brad Pendergraft, and he's with Lifetime Optim Optimization. And I have met Brad, and we've had conversations over the last several months. I first was uh, acquainted with him through a presentation that he made at Christian Chamber of Commerce, which was a few months ago. And we've had uh, a number of individual conversations, and I've been on uh, some of his webinars, which are very, uh, very insightful and very helpful so uh, that's how I came to know Brad and continue to uh, attend. In fact, he made a presentation at another uh, chamber meeting just, uh, was it earlier this week or last week? Yeah, last week. So Brad, thank you for coming in today and welcome to Second Half Now. Thanks, I'm excited to be here. 
All right, good. We're going to get rolling. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your work as a brain coach. Mm. Well, I call brain coaching, I call it brain coaching because my clinical work as a licensed clinical social worker and as a life coach are both influenced by an understanding of the brain. That, as you said, it's the most important thing for our listeners in the second half of their life. It's the one part of the body that I think most people know the least about and turns out to be the least important. Mm, Yeah. And the more that I understand about how the brain works, then the clearer it is for me of the possibilities for people at any point in their life. And that so much of that comes from first an understanding of how the brain really works and then the strategies of actually implementing that, putting it into place. And we'll be talking today about some really profound concepts, but I think many of them are so simple you can actually teach them to your kids. I like that. And and you uh, sort of hinted that in this age, in this uh, second half, uh, we are undergoing changes, perhaps a number of different changes in terms of relationships or location or career or finances or any of that. And it's that that mode of change where we really need to know how to get a handle on this powerful tool of the brain and how to uh, how to uh, approach those those transitions and those changes, right? Well, it's in the moments of transition that we have the most possibility for real change. Yeah. And the second half of our life is a place where there are natural transitions, some of which we choose and some of which we have no choice over. And one of the things that happens in those transitions is they can start to reveal that the habits, even the habits that have best served us up to this point, the ones perhaps we have been incredibly happy and we've been living a life that we feel is perfectly made for us. And then as we transition, the habits that we had developed, they're happening in our brain, even though we don't think of it that way. Those habits will no longer be perfectly fit for us. Of course, the fact is that most of us, the habits didn't perfectly fit anyway. Mm, (laughs) Most of us already had places where there were tensions in our lives, challenges in our lives, and yet we think of those, or so often think of them, as being about what's happening to us rather than about what we're doing in our brain and the habits that we've created. And this is all under the category of neuroscience. That's right. right. Another word for brain coaching, I think of myself as a teacher of practical neuroscience. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. And, and I moved from a more more clinical, professional clinical approach, more counseling approach, to an approach that's really much more educational and coaching. And that's why I call it brain coaching, because it's really teaching people first how their brains work, and then coaching them with strategies that people can implement every day, that people can start to work use today, that will show them how much more power they have over how their brain works and how their emotions show up in their lives than we've ever thought. So by exercising some of those um, volitional aspects of our brain, we can create a different outcome for ourselves, even to the point of feeling. So like we had a brief conversation before we started this show, and that is you can actually change how you feel by changing how you think. And if you learn how to think differently and how to process information and relationships differently, the outcome in terms of our emotional well-being and our emotional response to things is going to be different. And I would say that you can change how you feel not only by changing how you think, but about changing all the things that influence what's happening in your brain. Thinking is only one of them. Our feelings happen in our brain as well, and our, our behaviors are instituted there. 
one of the things that maybe our listeners have heard of before that is now becoming, fortunately, much more popular or people are aware of it on the press is the idea that practical neuroscience can be captured by the phrase neurons that fire together, wire together. And people don't talk all the time in terms of their neurons. So just another way of thinking about mm -hmm. that is that in order to understand or experience anything, our brain, the way that does it is by firing off neurons. Interesting tangent there. We have so many neurons in our brain that the possible combinations of our brain, of the possible combination of connections of neurons in our brain are more than the current estimated number of atoms in the total universe. That's how that's much. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, so that just gives you an idea of the possibility. Right. Right. But that the, the meaning of that phrase, neurons that fire together, wire together, is simply that the internal experiences that we have reflect our external, what's happening to us and what we're feeling all at the same time is a pattern of neurons firing. And as they fire, they make at least a tiny connection to each other. And that means that when we act a certain way and feel a certain way, then when either of those happen the next time, the neurons of those are connected just a little bit, so it makes it easier to do it again. Yeah. So whatever we're, we're doing in our lives internally makes it that much more likely that we're going to see, feel, hear, do those things again. And we're going to dig deeper into that, that phrase. In fact, it becomes uh, an acronym when you have the FIRE, the F-I-R-E. We'll get to that. So, Brad, when I mentioned to you and suggested the title for this show, everything we want in life at this stage starts with the brain. You said, yeah, you'll like that. Tell us why. It's because, in particular, as you mentioned before, People at this stage are in transitions. And the transitions, as I said a moment before, open up the possibility for habit change. And they also start to demonstrate how much of our life really depends on our abilities to build habits and to build habits that work for us. We have to have habits in order to survive. You want to have a pattern recognition. If a big dog is running down the street at you, how important it is to you that your brain knows immediately by habit whether that's the kind of dog that you can reach down and let it sniff your fingers or it's the kind of dog that the only thing it's sniffing is the bottom of your tennis shoes is you're going over a fence, right? right? That's really important. But that we think of those, those experiences often as happening in the world rather than as happening inside us as, as, as the habits. We don't think of them as a habit. We think of them just as the way we happen to feel or the way we happen to act. Mm -hmm. But it's when we get in situations of change, we start realizing, oh, the thing that happens automatically, the way I feel automatically or the way I act automatically, that's not working for me very well anymore. And that can be the opening into an understanding of the brain, the understanding that says when we don't know how the brain really works, then the way things feel like they're happening is not actually what's really happening. And to use the word multiple times here, that's in particularly true for your feelings. <laughs> you said we can learn to affect our feelings, and we absolutely can, but we first have to start by accepting the possibility that our feelings aren't something that just show up. Right. They and you know, some people really have to learn how to listen to their feelings in the first place. They're there, and then all of a sudden they show up, 
and create an action, but in actuality, they were there all the time just at a lower level. And sometimes we have to teach people how to tune in so that they can recognize that they're having a feeling a little sooner. I'm really excited about this conversation today, and one of the things that I want to make sure that our audience is understanding is that what Brain Coach Brad is doing today is he is bringing to us cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, hot-off-the-press scientific knowledge that because of wonderful technological advances is being made available to us to really have an ability to see a little more clearly into the way we operate as human beings. And you know, when I was a graduate psychology student, one of my professors loved to say, we look through a glass darkly. And one of the things that's fabulous about brain research is that it's clearing up that darkness. And by doing that, and if folks will pay acutely aware to what Brain Coach Brad is saying today and actually try to put some of these things in practice, you might be able to see just why I am saying that brain research is going to help us provide to people some really great shortcuts in making those transitions, in dealing with those changes that happen and can overwhelm us. So I'm really excited about this show today. And um, I think it would be great to just get started with uh, one of the pieces of this show that's going to be really fun, and that is we're talking about a notion of activating happy. So would now be a good time to shift gears and talk a little bit about what, what that means? Well, that'd be great. The the phrase means a couple of things. One, as I'll comment in just a moment, it's actually an event coming up in the fall. And the reason that event is called Activating Happy is to remind people of exactly the notion we just mentioned, that they're actually doing something in their happiness, that they're activating it. It's not something that just happens to them, even though it sometimes feels that way. It feels like, oh, I feel good today for no reason or for a reason, but that those reasons or non-reasons, they're outside of, each, of us. That's where people think of them, but they're not. In reality, the biggest portion of our emotion is coming from inside. Not the only thing, and I think this is really important to, to emphasize, because absolutely the events in our lives matter. Things happen. We get laid off or the love someone we love dies or just somebody cuts us off in traffic things happen to us but that the biggest determinant of whether we're happy or not happy in that circumstance is what we're activating in our brain in that moment that sounds a little difficult for lots of our listeners to understand because i'm imagining people saying, well, wait a second. In a way, it sounds like you're blaming me for my feelings. Mm. That, that really, I just, I've heard this before. What's new in this? I just need to change my attitude. Well, it's nice that for many years, there was a real emphasis on not talking people out of their feelings. Being able to say, look, you feel what you feel. And that carries a really important truth. Because the opposite of that was exactly the way you just expressed it, was that blaming people for them, but not giving them any power to do anything about it. And responsibility, 
without capability is mm-hmm. helplessness and hopelessness. Right. And so, of course, it's useful to say to people, all right, you're not to blame for your feelings. And in fact, you're not. <laughs> What's even more empowering for people, though, is to say, you didn't start the processes that led you to your feelings, but you get to finish them. You get to do something with them now in the moment. And in fact, you're the only one who really can. So that I think that as we go on today, one of the things we're going to want to make sure that we offer people at each moment is particular strategies, particular applications. And one of those applications is to get a little more detailed about the way that we talk about the firing of neurons. We can talk about what it feels like inside when we're firing our neurons. <laughs> what I mean by that is that let, let's, let's pick an example. Right? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's pick one that, that shows up for lots of people. And let's say the feelings that come upon someone in a, in a new transition. We've been talking about transitions. so That's a perfect place to take a break. We'll be right back. Life is a journey, and it really helps to have a roadmap, especially during your golden years of life. There are at least 80 senior living communities and 1,100 adult care homes in just the greater Portland-Vancouver metro area. At no cost to you or your family, you can plan now for the right fit for yourself or loved ones. Golden Placement Services is the roadmap to your new home. In four simple steps, assessment, research, touring, and follow-up, the Golden Girls will help you prepare for the next part of your journey. We found Golden Placement Services to be very helpful to us in locating a care facility for our father. They asked good questions to ascertain what kind of facility we were looking for. We were taken to a few homes that fit the criteria we were seeking, and we're very happy with the care our dad's receiving from the facility found for us by Golden Placements. Visit our website at goldenplacements.com to learn more. That's goldenplacements.com or call one of the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people planned for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step through the process. And of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. Welcome back, and we want to uh, say a big thank you to our sponsors, and we just appreciate them so much. 
uh, the two that you just heard with Dignity Memorial and Golden Placement Services. And also we want to mention 24-7 Properties, uh, Dan the Mortgage Man with First Priority Financial, Dream Trips, 180 Cash Flow Strategies, and Northwest Web Creation Company. And then our great partners, Warner Pacific College, Multnomah University, KKPZ, this radio station, Christian Chamber of Commerce Northwest, and Serving Our Neighbors. Thank you to all of them who make this show and the valuable content possible uh, to push out over the radio waves and to talk to our uh, Boomer and Beyonder friends. We're talking with Brain Coach Brad, Brad Pendergraft, here in the studio. And uh, he's what we're zeroing in on is at this stage in life, 50-plus, there are lots of transitions that are taking place some which we choose and some which are kind of thrust upon us. And how do we process those? How do we understand those? How can we um, uh, do the best with those to create an embracing of that change and uh, ha- and be actually more happy and more well-adjusted right. as we continue? So, Brad, uh, right where you left off about uh, the firing and the wiring and those things, let's get right back into it. Great, Dan. We were talking about transitions, and in particular, wanted to make this concrete for our listeners. So as a listener, you can think of a particular transition in your life, and I'll mention a couple that are going to come up for probably all of us as boomers in some way or another, but a transition like retirement, just stepping into a position where we're not going to the same place every day, or let's say moving to a new city and maybe moving into a retirement home. Any of those situations, it's a great example of a, of, a pract- of, a, of a way to understand the practicality of what we're talking about. Because imagine that you're in that situation and you're having a reaction, but at least part of you knows that, that those emotions, they're disproportional, they're bigger than that moment. They're about something more than just this moment. And the question that so many of us have been taught to ask in that moment is to say, well, why am I feeling this way? Right. 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 That says it as a, what's the big deal with all this? I'm just, yep. Whatever. I'm just in this new place. I should be able to do this, but why am I feeling that way? And when we go to why's so many people go then to the outside world, they go back to the past. They start thinking about those things. A better question is how am I feeling this? Mm-hmm. How did I create these feelings in that moment. And back to the what we were just talking about a moment ago, Denise, is that thinking about how only helps if you have some strategies. So here's some strategies here. You think about that, ask yourself, what am I picturing? What did I just picture, visualize, imagine, remember? What was happening in my pictures where I, was I making inside? Or what did I say to myself? Was I using that old critical voice? Was I perhaps projecting a parental voice, even for one from 50 years ago, right? We, uh, we still have those in there. Or what was I doing with my body? Was I, was I hunching down as if I was going to take a blow? Was I staring at the ground? All of those things affect the, the neurons. They are, they are an expression of neurons firing in the brain, and they fire off other experiences that we've had at other times related to those. So if we can realize in that moment, oh, well, I just pictured myself sitting alone in this retirement home and nobody talking to me, mm. and I'm wondering why I feel apprehension. Right. I'm wondering why I feel worry or anxiety. Well, just the practice of taking control of that picture and say, well, since I don't know what it's really going to be like, I'm going to picture 
something else that leads alongside that. I'm going to picture myself sitting there playing that piano and everybody's singing alongside me. Right. Or I'm going to, if I realize that I'm staring at the ground, I, I'm going to step taller, stand taller, put my shoulders back. My, the quick tangent here, my dad used to say to me in bad times, just keep your chin up. Right. Mm. Of course, in my family, that meant stop whining. <laughs> but it turns out that he really was onto something, yeah. that the ability of keeping your chin up yeah. changes the neurons that are firing in that moment mm-hmm. and, and connects back to the times when I have felt successful and done good things. And in that moment, you're stepping into that new situation. Just taking control of your physical body is taking control of your brain. And that's why I say that the brain is the most important thing for the second half of your life. So when people say, it's all in your head. That's actually a really good thing. Exactly. Because you can do something about that. Right. It's not to dismiss it as saying, that's just the way you're thinking, and that's not reality. So uh, what you've done here, Brad, is set up a great um, uh, kind of a foundation for us to be uh, receptive or to be observant about what's going on with us and to think think about it. But now we want to talk about the strategy. How can we change how we feel, how we process, how we uh, accept these changes by what we think? We're going to have to do that on the second uh, half because... Uh, We are totally out of time for this one. Again, thank you, Brad, for coming in. And we want our listeners to go to secondhalfnow.com and hear uh, the rest of this show. We call it part two, but it's all linked together now. Just go to secondhalfnow.com to the radio archives, and it'll all be there. So we want to encourage our listeners to to go with us and to tune in every Monday at uh, 5.30, right here on KKPZ 1330. And uh, we've got great shows coming up uh, with a wide uh, variety of topics and guests. And I'm scheduling them all the way out uh, through August and some very, very great topics that are going to be really helpful for our people. And so we're talking with Brain Coach Brad about the topic, everything we want in life at this stage starts with the brain. Very, very important. So we're going to close this session and uh, ask you to go to the other side. We're going to hear from Brad about the strategies for dealing with the um, transitions and changes that are coming your way. And if you have questions about today's topic or want to know more about Brain Coach Brad or anything that uh, that he's doing, you do that through our website with the contact uh, form. Just fill out that information and uh, forward that to us, and we will pass that on to, to Brad So if you have um, suggestions about topics or guests, we want to uh, uh, ask you to uh, use that same contact form uh, to uh, send that through us. Um, So if you would like to have a free CD of this show, contact the uh, radio station here at 503-242-1950, and we'll we'll pop one of those in the mail for you for a free CD of this show, 503-242-1950. Thank you for listening today. This is Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Yeah, that's us, the 50-plus crowd. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. I'm Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan. And let's continue our conversation with Brain Coach Brad on Part 2 on our website, secondhalfnow.com. See you there. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan on KKPZ 1330 The Truth. Sponsored by Dignity Memorial. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. 
That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com. Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan. Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctors are in. Here are your hosts, Dr. Dan and Dr. Denise. And welcome to part two of our show. Uh, We are talking about this subject. Everything we want in life at this stage starts with the brain. Hi, I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan. And this portion is uh, being brought to you, of course, on a, on a podcast. You can only hear it here online because uh, this, this part did not go on air. But we did complete the uh, first part, and we kind of set the stage and built the foundation for what we're going to talk about uh, next with all of this valuable content on that subject about the importance of the brain. We're very pleased to have as our guest today in studio Brad Pendergraft, uh, who goes by the title Brain Coach Brad, and we're learning all about that. And uh, his um, his service is called Lifetime Optimization. We haven't really talked about that, Brad, very much, but maybe we'll get into that if you want to. But welcome again, Brad, to Second Half Now. Thank you. It's been fun already. It has been fun. We've got lots to go because when uh, when we finished the uh, the part one, we were talking about transition and, and looking at transition and changing the way we uh, embrace or accept or deal with transitions and some very specific things that we can do in order to manage those in the happiest, uh, most beneficial possible way. And so we're going to be talking about those uh, those strategies. So it is all important because it is all in your head, right? It is all about the way that we think and the way we manage uh, that transition in our brain. Well, welcome again. And thanks so much for being with us t- today, Brad. Um, in the first half of our show, we ha- did have some fun laying out the foundation of the fact that the way our neurons connect in our brains really has everything to do about everything. But we do want to break that down into some usable strategies for our audience. So I'm just going to let you pick up right from there and tell us what we can do to help make our brain fire and wire the way we want it to. Well, that's a great place to start because that phrase, neurons that fire together, wire together, is fortunately becoming even more and more well-known. What people don't think about as much is the corollary, which is that neurons that fire apart wire apart. And so not only is it important to be able to make the right connections in our brain, it's important to be able to notice when the connections we have already, the habits that we have already, are not working for us, and being able to make sure that those don't fire at the same time. I've developed an approach using the acronym FIRE from the phrase neurons that fire together, wire together, to capture the four stages of breaking an old habit, like that, that was, that's not working for someone, or building a new habit, especially in times of transition. When we transition, the research shows that we're more capable of building new habits than any other circumstance. That when something fundamental, really something really important happens in our life, like a change or end of job, 
a shift in relationship, a, a shift in location, that all these other habits that were below conscious awareness are easier to stir up. And that's the thing about habits <laughs> happening in our brain is that the role of a habit in our brain is to reduce the amount of energy needed to move through a situation or a process. What a great way to say that. Mm. Will you say that again? Absolutely. I'll, maybe a, a second take at it is to say that, that when we're in a brand new situation, it takes a lot of energy from our brain. It's got to be firing off, processing all these new circumstances. And that means it doesn't have reserve energies for potentially urgent or emergent situations. So the brain's goal, since it's number one priority is always survival, the brain's goal is whenever possible to turn things into habits so that they take less energy and more of that energy is reserved for an emergency. And that's why whatever we're doing, the neurons that are firing, they're wiring together at least a little bit so that it takes less energy for that same pattern to fire again the next time. The brain's always moving, attempting to move things toward habits. Mm. But then... The not-so-good part of a habit is that because it's a habit, we don't notice it happening often until after it's happened. Right. How many times have our listeners or all of us said, oh, this time I wasn't going to do that. Right. Or, you know, I was going to, the, to my friend's house I'd never been before. I wasn't going to the grocery store. How did I end up at the, my same grocery store <laughs> when I turned on my radio and I, all of a sudden I turned right and ended up in the parking lot at New Seasons instead of... On the way to where I was normally going. Well, that's because we had these habits, and they're, they happen unconsciously. They're, they're, we're lucky if we notice them partway through. Well, you know what? As you said that, something just struck me that I think is a pretty important thing for us to understand about when they don't wire together. So we have had some bad things happen of late with kids and dogs in cars because perhaps the person who doesn't normally do something is now doing it. And we've had some catastrophes. And so to me, what I'm hearing in this is if we're going to be doing something new, we need to make sure that we are paying attention to it, like you say, really turning into that inner part of ourself and being consciously aware that we are doing something different. Otherwise, we won't do that new thing that we need to do. So there's the tragic example of the parent who left their child in the car because they normally didn't have the child in the car with them. Everything else was firing off those patterns that had fired together right. enough so now they had wired. Right. And so they were not aware of the new and unique factor in that. Right. And that's a perfect lead-in to how it is that we then break habits that haven't been working for us or break habits that used to work but now that we've transitioned now they're not going to work. Now that we're in a new location or now that we're not working anymore, the same habits may not work. So the, the word FIRE from neurons that fire together, wire together, serves as a really nice acronym because the first thing you have to do is you have to find the circumstance. You have to call it to your conscious attention. This is the place where you have to make sure that habit is, isn't, doesn't run on its own. Make sure that that you teach your brain, and and I know it's it's a little bit of an odd way to talk about it that, that we're teaching our brains, <laughs> but it, but it's it's actually useful to think of our brains as 
as something that we can teach, something that we can can guide, educate, control. Right. And so, so that we have to teach our brain, hey, this is important to pay attention to. I know I taught you before to just do this automatically, mm. whatever it might be. But now I have to relearn this, so I want you to pay attention to this. And this is the first and foremost step in any kind of habit change. I'm thinking about that. You know, our brain is suggestible. Like when you've been told, if you want to remember your dreams, tell yourself to wake up before you forget them. And sure enough, you will wake up and you won't get a whole lot of sleep because your brain will react to what you've told it to do and it will wake you up and you will remember your dreams. Is that along the lines of what you're talking about here? Yeah, it is very much along the lines. Unfortunately, because we don't understand how our brains work, lots of times the messages that we're giving ourselves are going in the wrong direction. Mm. So, for example, let's talk, and again, this is an example that uh, us and all of our listeners, I'm sure, can relate to, which is that when when people forget things that are important to them, they forget something that really matters, they forget an appointment, they forget a commitment. These days, we often blame that on our on our age and our lack of memory, but that what is what do you, what do people do when they when they forget something? What's their automatic response? Hand goes to the forehead. Oh, I can't believe I forgot that. Exactly. So a lot of people self blame, self criticism, give themselves pain, and they do it because they think, oh, if I just beat up on myself enough, then next time I'll remember. Funny how it doesn't work that way. Mm. Because in fact, what's happening is that they're giving their brain pain, but they give themselves pain the moment that they remember that they forgot. Mm. Right? Because you can't punish yourself, you can't blame yourself, get mad at yourself for forgetting something until you remembered that you forgot, right? Until something or another, you've realized it. So, at that moment, when they give themselves pain, they're actually training the brain to associate pain to the remembering, to the awareness, exactly. not to the forgetting in the first place. And so they're, they're making strong suggestions to their brain, but it's a suggestion that takes them in the wrong direction. In fact, that's a, a message that goes the opposite of the fire process. They're saying, don't remind me of this. So it's a nice lead-in into a lighthearted, very playful approach that actually is extremely effective in teaching your brain to remember something. I was working with a client once, a, a boomer client who was having a really hard time with organization, with leaving things, and he, couldn't, he constantly had left his keys around and couldn't find them. And when he couldn't find his keys, it was usually at the last moment when he was looking for them, and he would get really mad at himself and beat up on himself. And after implementing the FIRE process, the first step of FIND, what he determined is that every time that he noticed that his keys were not where they were supposed to be, because he did have a nice little hook by the door, it's a good practice, right, to have them there, but every time, the moment he noticed they weren't there, whether it was the moment he was about to need to leave, two minutes to, to leave, or any moment that he sat down, he noticed his keys were in his pocket, his keys were on the table, his keys were anywhere except hanging on that door frame, he began to practice 
celebrating mm. the fact that he rec- realized that his keys weren't where he needed them to be. And he would do a touchdown dance. Fortunately, it took him a little bit, but he really, really got into this. And he would do a big celebration. Ha! I realize my keys aren't where they're supposed to be. Woohoo! And and he felt silly. Yet in the brain, what was happening is he was firing off this experience of playfulness and joy and excitement, and that was wiring with the awareness of where his keys were. So in a sense, you're activating happy. And happy feels good and is going to then happen. He's going to get that feeling again when he notices his keys aren't where they're supposed to be. And then he's going to go find them. Is that the idea? That's right. Is that his brain is associating the awareness of his keys with good feelings, with with these happy feelings. And therefore, the message the brain is... Basically, I like to talk about my brain as if it's a committee and it's talking to itself. The brain's going, hey, this is pretty good. <laughs> when we pay attention to where those keys are, it used to be we'd, we'd let him know that, that the keys weren't where they were supposed to be. He'd get mad at us. I didn't want to tell him. Mm. <laughs> but now, whenever we think about the keys, there's all these good feelings. Let's tell him really quickly. Every time he starts to put those keys on the table, every time he slides the keys across the counter, every time he does any of these things, let's let him know because this is going to feel good. That's great. And the client was was really surprised at how effective it was, how rapidly he began to be aware. And then he would pick up his keys, he'd hang them on the hook, and then he'd celebrate again. Mm-hmm. And so he was creating this pattern that reinforced the find is, which is the first step in changing a new habit. Right. Which, if, if we go back to a, that looking through a glass darkly, something that psychologists have known about the way our bodies work for a very long time is that we seek pleasure and avoid pain. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like what you're saying is take advantage of the fact that we naturally seek pleasure and connect that up with actions that are in our best interests. That's right, and you have to know how things work. I've been working out with a trainer, and we added some new weights recently, and I went home, and my leg was really bothering me, and it was really tight in my quad. So I started doing a stretch that she had taught me, but it just kept getting tighter and tighter. I went to see her, and I described the sensation. She said, oh, that's because that, that pain is not actually in your quad. It's in the hip flexor, and what you were doing was exactly the opposite you were putting more attention on it. So I was making it worse. Mm-hmm. Just like people who blame themselves because they're hoping to use that pain pleasure principle, but they're using the pain to actually make it worse. Make it worse. Right. So even though it's kind of an odd sensation when people celebrate, when they realize that they've made a mistake or they realize that there's a problem, because the first few times it's inevitable that it almost feels like that you're celebrating the problem mm-hmm. right because it's happening but you keep reminding yourself no i'm celebrating my awareness i'm celebrating this possibility and that is teaching my brain to let me know and then i tell people it's fine to be a little playful talk to your brain say say brain you know it's okay to tell me that i misplaced the keys like even earlier that would be okay but boy you're a great brain no this is good this is good <laughs> You know what this makes me think about? A a very concrete example would be 
children or grandchildren that we're looking after who are trying, we're trying to teach them um, potty training. If they're in trouble because they had an accident, we're going to see that they'll want to hide that. Mm -hmm. Whereas if they come to mm -hmm. us and they say, I had an accident, and we say, so glad you told me, let's take care of that right away, we're reducing the fear of confessing the accident and starting to get in place this wiring that you're talking about where, hey, man, now maybe we can get the body to tell us we can learn how to get that feeling a little sooner and get to the bathroom in time. So we're talking about celebrating the find, and that F is the first word in fire. We want to get to the rest of the acronym, and we will do that right after our break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Life is a journey, and it really helps to have a roadmap, especially during your golden years of life. There are at least 80 senior living communities and 1,100 adult care homes in just the greater Portland-Vancouver metro area. At no cost to you or your family, you can plan now for the right fit for yourself or loved ones. Golden Placement Services is the roadmap to your new home. In four simple steps, assessment, research, touring, and follow-up, the Golden Girls will help you prepare for the next part of your journey. We found Golden Placement Services to be very helpful to us in locating a care facility for our father. They asked good questions to ascertain what kind of facility we were looking for. We were taken to a few homes that fit the criteria we were seeking, and we're very happy with the care our dad's receiving from the facility found for us by Golden Placements. Visit our website at goldenplacements.com to learn more. That's goldenplacements.com or call one of the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people planned for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step step through the process. And of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. We want to give a big thank you to our sponsors. They're really the ones that make it uh, possible for us to uh, put a program out like this, uh, not only over the airwaves, uh, airwaves, but also on our website, secondhalfnow.com. You heard the two radio spots there from Dignity Memorial and Golden Placement Services. We know these people. We love them and highly respect how they uh, run their business and how they uh, provide very high-level integrity and quality service to 
uh, to their clients and uh, customers. So we also want to mention 24-7 Properties, Dan the Mortgage Man with First Priority Financial, Dream Trips, 180 Cash Flow Strategies, and Northwest Web Creation Company. And then also our partners, great partners, Warner Pacific College, Multnomah University, KKPZ, this radio station, along with Christian Chamber of Commerce Northwest and Serving Our Neighbors. And we're getting right back into where we left off. Uh, we're dealing with the acronym F-I-R-E, FIRE, and uh, this is uh, to train the brain to process information and transition and even relationships and communication, all of that differently. So, Brad, uh, we were finishing up the find, so being observant of what is happening. And then let's go on to the I. Your neurons are always firing off and wiring together. And so even when you've become conscious, that's what the find is about. Now you're aware of it. It's going to keep doing its thing unless you do something more. Sometimes the find can be powerful enough, especially if you celebrate it, that it begins to change that. It begins to interrupt the old habit. And that's the eye and fire. Because interruption is necessary to prevent that habit from just running away mm. with you, from doing its thing. It's particularly important because that's often what habits feel like. Even when you become conscious of it, you, re you feel like, oh, but it's still, I have this urge, I have this compulsion, it's doing its thing. Mm -hmm. And so you, you have to interrupt it. There are lots of ways to, to interrupt an old pattern, but one of the most powerful is also a common theme in the find, and that's playfulness, joyfulness, activating happy, as you talked about before, that I find that that is such a powerful process for people and catches them, throws them out of their automatic behavior when they can engage, when we can engage in, in more playful behavior, especially at this time in our lives. So can you give us an example of a situation that people might readily understand this idea of interrupting? Absolutely. It's one of my favorite ones, and it has to do with the negative critical voice, mm. those self-criticisms that show up. And again, since we're talking about transitions, that's one of the places that our self-critical voice often shows up, where we're telling ourselves, oh, you can't do that, you're too old, you're not good anymore, you're, you were never good at that. People have their own litany right. of, of negative things. They're that, tapes. Exactly. They have these, these tapes. And in a very good way, counselors for years have been encouraging people to replace those, those, that inner voice. Mm -hmm. They've been encouraging them to say positive things instead of negative things. It turns out that just saying positive things, though, that doesn't interrupt. That old pattern is still firing, and it's even more powerful to interrupt it. What I tell people is, paradoxically, go ahead and say that negative thing. Go ahead and say that critical thing to, to yourself. Let's say that you, you say to yourself, oh, I'm too old, I'm never gonna be able to learn this. But instead of saying it in the same way with the exact same neurons that are firing together, introduce a new set of neurons that are gonna make you feel different. And it'll sound like this. The moment you say to yourself, oh, I'm never gonna learn this, I'm too old. Then you just say it again, like this. Oh, I'm never gonna learn that. Oh, I'm too old. Oh, that's me. I'm too old, never gonna learn this, oh no. <laughs> and, and inside, 
we get that exact same action. Exactly. Because, again, from a technical perspective, what we're doing there is you're firing this different set of neurons, these playful neurons, and they're connected with all these fun feelings, all this good feelings, all these this joyfulness and laughter, and you're firing at the same time as this negative voice. You do that two or three times, you're never going to be able to say that same negative phrase in the same way without hearing part mm. of you teasing, making fun mm. of that part of you, that, mm-hmm. that, that old habit. Right. And boy, that interrupts the, the old habit. And then it allows for replacement. Then you can say something more positive okay. to yourself. And that's the next step in fire. Which it is takes to, the power out of it, doesn't right. it? It takes the sting out of what you might have perceived as a reality. But when you make it silly like that, then it sort of defangs it. Hmm. And then you, can, then you can replace that. And that's the R in fire. That's right, because it's really reflecting the, the deeper truth. Most of you knows that, that you're not really too old to learn things. It's just that habit mm-hmm. that's running. Mm-hmm. And so you, you're reflecting the deeper, your deeper truth and awareness of who you are, who you were designed to be, what are your possibilities and capabilities. And that's the, the, why I like so much to use joy, because joy in particular is something that we're called toward and, and that we have as a possibility, but that often we have to learn strategies. We have to remind ourselves to be joyful to be playful and playfulness and joyfulness are not exactly the same thing but they come from the same the same root they're all ways of activating those happy feelings those positive feelings and is, and then is that the exercise part the e the e in fire is to exercise which is to keep doing it right to practice it you, mm-hmm. you find it you tell your brain pay attention and one way to pay attention is to celebrate that awareness then you have to interrupt it and the the goofy voice I just illustrated is only one way of interrupting things. An interruption is anything that is a strong internal experience. Even just suddenly catching yourself and start to do jumping jacks in the mm-hmm. middle of something mm-hmm. will interrupt an old process. Shift. It, exactly. It shifts yeah. it. Then you replace it with something else and you exercise it. Yeah, what I want to say here is that this is so practical, even if it's not easy to really totally comprehend with a with a simple you know radio show with audio only because i'm sitting here watching you do these silly things and it's helping me a lot but what i'm saying is when when we cross that 50 yard line when we're 50 plus and these transitions are going on we're you know we've been around a while and we've had our own set of failures and disappointments and hurts and wounds and all kinds of things that have been a part of our life and those have kind of wired themselves into how we perceive not only our current reality, but our past, but also our future. And so this is why it's so powerful, because if we are going to embrace change, if we are going to be the the people that God has called us to be, if we're going to live the abundant life that Jesus came to provide Mm. for us and give to us, we have to do that. We have to find out where our thinking is uh, is broken, where we have absorbed uh, these patterns of thinking because of the hurt and the mistakes and the failures and the criticisms and everything else, because those are pretty heavy on us. And so if we're going to venture out into a more productive and purposeful future, I'm kind of preaching a sermon here, this is why that's so important, because either that or we settle for the status quo. We settle for the same old, same old, and we go into the next five years the way we've been dealing with the last five. And if some of that hasn't served us well and we don't perceive ourselves as being 
energetic and as, as being capable and being talented, being useful, all of that, because these things are crowding in on us. And the older we get in this spectrum, you know, at, at 65 and 70 and 75, more and more, we're thinking, well, I'm done. I, you know, there's not much I can do anymore. But that's absolutely doesn't have to be the case if we understand this process. And I appreciate you bringing that to us. Well, you know, I'm thinking about this, about uh, this, the profession we share in this arena of psychology <clears throat> and social work. And it takes a lot of hits sometimes yeah. from folks coming from the Christian arena because they think it's unbiblical. But in actuality, this is a great place where what we're talking about today is exactly what the Lord has told us to do. He tells us, take cap capture every thought. Right. Take captive our own minds. And that's what we're talking about today. Right. So, so it's, it's biblical to be putting into action those strategies that we've heard about today. And in my mind was going to the passage in Romans 12 about the renewing of your mind. Right. Uh, and not letting the world squeeze you into its own mold or your own history or your own failures and all of that stuff. So we've got quite a, a lot of voices and a lot of tapes and everything else. But if we're going to seize the present and the future then Brad, what you're talking about is eminently useful. So even if we don't fully understand it, uh, and I know that you are working on a book that's going to be coming out. We want to tease a little bit about that, and uh, we'll have you back uh, when the book is available. But let's also go back to the Activate Happy. Acti yeah, Activating Happy. Um, and we're about out of time on this segment, but uh, this has been very helpful. Tell us a little bit more about uh, the concept of Activating Happy and the event. That's right. Activating Happy is an event in Lake Oswego in October, October 3rd, that is bringing in speakers to teach more ex exactly about this, about practical neuroscience, about how to rewire your brain for optimum living. So it's a great place with multiple speakers, both experts in brain science, but also people who are illustrations of how to take control of your emotions, how to apply some of these things in very different ways in their life. So it's going to be a great event with some great speakers and really provides people with concrete strategies for how to activate happy in their lives. And I went to that website and I see you there. You are the keynote uh, presenter, correct? That's right. Yeah. The Activate Happy seminar is actually developed and founded by a, a woman who came to me and she talks about this with extreme anxiety and I as I taught her practical neuroscience she became so passionate about getting this same message out to other people that she's taken her experience in building events and created the activating happy event October 3rd in Lake Oswego Wow! and that is what is so exciting about neuroscience and what we are learning yes. is that the leap isn't that too yeah. isn't too broad well and it's uh it's conceptually um available i mean you can understand mm -hmm. how to do this and with some help or just understanding it you can go through this uh fire find interrupt replace and exercise just keep doing it we can make a difference and i i just want to say as a pastor and as a as a ministry person if you want to be useful at this age and stage in your life there's probably some stuff in your brain that needs to be sort of retooled and you, you're not a victim of everything that's up there and you just kind of say, well, that's, that's who I am and that's where I've been and that's my current reality. Well, but you can actually take the initiative to make those changes and then God will use you in amazing ways when 
you understand that when you start taking that kind of activity. So, Brad, back to you. Any final things that you could say to our boomer and beyonder generation and audience here about about neuroscience, about uh, helping the brain really achieve the uh, the full potential that we can have at this stage in life? I think the most important final message is to hold on to the possibility of changing one's feelings and emotions. That even in those moments when things outside are such that you have an automatic emotional response, you, you feel a certain way, it's to remember that that's only a part of the equation. And the rest of the equation is what you're doing inside, that there's always a possibility that you have. There's always hope. Excellent. I like that. Thank you again, Brad, with Lifetime Optimization uh, for coming in today. It's been great, and we refer to him as Brain Coach Brad. We have Dan the Mortgage Man and Brain (laughs) Coach Brad. We got all these fun little names. So uh, more information about uh, Brad and about uh, this program, go to secondhalfnow.com and fill out the contact form. We'll be able to uh, process all those inquiries and suggestions. And that is the program for today. We want to encourage you to tune in on the on-air portion, 5.30 to 6 p.m. on Mondays, every Monday, 5.30 to 6 p.m. And uh, then go to the website to hear part two, and the entire program will be uploaded and put there on the show broadcast or the, the, the uh, what am I trying to say, the, the um, archive, radio show archives. Yeah, and that's, of course, available 24-7. And if you would like to have a CD of this uh Of this program today, it's a free one. Just call the radio station and request it, 503-242-1950. We have a new website up with bells and whistles uh, going, and we're constantly updating and upgrading, so let us know how we're doing. Thank you for listening today. Together, we are building a valuable resource for all of us. Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan, saying goodbye for now, and until next time, may God help you live a life that honors Him and blesses others. Let's meet again right here on the website or live next Monday, 5.30 to 6 p.m. on the radio, KKPZ 1330, The Truth. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan on KKPZ 1330, The Truth sponsored by Dignity Memorial. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com.